A FAM production for all things mattress. FAM.news. Welcome to Just Stories with BT, a show that brings you remarkable stories of success, comedy, failure, and redemption directly from the people who've shaped the landscape of our professional worlds. You'll laugh, you might cry, but most importantly, you'll be motivated to keep pushing to become a better version of you. Just Stories skips the cheesy 10-step processes and long acronyms and gives you just what you want, stories that truly matter and will impact your life. Meet your host, Brett Thornton, a father, retailer, speaker, motivator, and lover of storytelling. Your transformational listening starts now. All right. Welcome back, everybody. It is another episode of Just Stories with BT. And I'm very excited today because we are launching season two. So season one was all about different CEOs that kind of wove giving back into their business strategy. And season two is, I'm really excited about this because season two is all about highlighting different female executives in the mattress and furniture space who are absolute rock stars. And I want to get their story out there because quite frankly, it's an underrepresented group for sure in our industry. Um, and so I kind of want to dive into that, but we really want to find some of these powerhouse females and then really get you, allow you guys an opportunity to get to know them, the person behind the organization, the company, um, and as always, we do that through the art of storytelling. So welcome, Katie Law of Sweet Dreams. So excited to have you. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. I really have loved listening to your season one so far and enjoy the storytelling format. I think it's such an engaging way to get some information across. So thank you. Yes, I am very excited. And as always, um, I could ask you to introduce yourself. Um, but, you know, we just never know with that, you know, if someone's going to give us a two word answer or go on for 20 minutes. So I will do the introduction for you. And then you can tell me what I missed or if I got it right. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay, everybody. This is Katie Law, co-owner of the Sweet Dreams franchise or, or furniture and mattress chain. Um, so here it goes. So Katie was born in Naperville, a suburb of Chicago. Never heard of it, but I'm sure it's beautiful. Uh, she grew up with three brothers. She's the only girl. Uh, she, as she grew up, she got into working and her first job was at, I can't believe it's not yogurt, which is actually a hilarious name. Never heard of that. She was schlepping froyo, which is awesome. Um, in high school, she was played percussion. She was in the band snare drum. My son is in percussion right now in the band too, which is really cool. Um, she went from there to go on to college at Florida state university where she met her future hubs. Um, and, and she was working different jobs, did some wager scene and whatnot, but her husband was working at a mattress store. So obviously that, that led to some exciting things. And so when they finished school, moved out, they decided to open their own business, which was in 2002, the launching of Sweet Dreams mattress and furniture store. Um, and as the business grew, they were able to open more and more locations. And along the way had two beautiful kids now 14 and 12. Uh, in 2019, uh, her and her husband were awarded business persons of the year, which is really exciting. And then in 2020, they were awarded retail betting giant um, from Furniture Today. And now in 2021, they've got a bunch of locations. And now here we are, Katie, on Just Stores with VT. Here we are. Love it. So what what did I miss? Anything major? Obviously, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a big synopsis in like 30 seconds. It it is. Uh, you you did miss one major thing, and that is one of the highlights of my life, my golden doodle Harvey. Oh, he's oh, just no so way. cute. Yeah, we call him the State Fair Teddy Bear. He's the best. Okay, so I have to do this right now. I'm going to flex on you a little bit. 
Uh oh, okay. okay. Come here, Roxy. Come here. Okay, here we go. So you have a golden doodle. Yeah. Out the labradoodle, Roxy. Oh, yes. Roxy. Roxy, look over here. I'll, I'll have to. Well, uh, I gotta go get him now. A complete puffball. Oh my Harvey. god. That's so. Harvey, awesome. come. Yeah. Oh, they're complete fluff balls. And there's oh, yeah. like the best family dogs. They're amazing. They're so loyal and gentle and playful, but like also sometimes annoying is what we yes. say. <laughs> no, now she's like freaking out. So anyways, so um, yes, dogs are a massive part. That's my kid's dog. She's amazing. Um, so tell me, you know, give us the, for those of us who aren't familiar with Sweet Dreams, you know, the different um, stores you have and whatnot, give us the like, 30 second kind of overview on what makes you guys so special. Really what makes us so special is the dream team that we get to work with every day. And that's by far and away my number one answer. Um, it's been a blessing to, you know, start this business and grow it over time. And, you know, with each incremental person of the dream team, they've added more value to our team and our community. So that is definitely what sets us apart. Nice. And so, you know, as you think about such a long, you know, career, really, I mean, 2002, you open and here we are, you know, almost 20 years later, you've had all these awards, you've added new stores, you know, when you think back, you know, because obviously, I love stories. Uh, and I love to hear people, you know, talk about struggles, failures, successes, but I also love to hear people talk about things that they remember back as being funny or super entertaining. So tell us, you know, let us get to know you a little bit. Like, what are some funny memories you have or one that just sticks out that you think of and just kills you? Well, definitely we love to have fun at Sweet Dreams. That's kind of the core of who we are. Uh, but one of my favorite funny memories by far is one that is back in the early days of Sweet Dreams. You know, we did not have a very big advertising budget by any stretch of the imagination. So our advertising was mostly like guerrilla marketing. And Greg, my husband, thought it would be a really great idea this one Easter to dress me up in a pink bunny suit, set a mattress up by the side of the road while I jump on the bed holding a big sign that says Easter sale. And I honestly still don't know to this day how he talked me into doing this. Uh, the costume was like fuzzy pink from head to toe with just like a cutout of my face, right? So this happened to be on the Saturday right before Easter. And it also happened to be on a Saturday where the local school district was making up a snow day. So here I am on the side of the road our store was kind of like on this busy residential road uh -huh. sits right across the street from a middle school so i'm in the pink bunny suit jumping on the bed <laughs> easter sale sign and the middle school lets out and the buses start going by and the kids start yelling at me out the window profanities like f you bunny get a job bunny you suck <laughs> and i was like this it's a low point in my life. Is that we had those Nextel phones back in the day that like oh, served yeah. as like a walkie-talkie. Yeah, like the so I like signal Greg. I'm like, bleep, bleep. I hate kids, and I'm never doing this again. Oh, and then I get yeah. off the bed and head back into the store. So that was kind of the end of my roadside shenanigans. Yes. <laughs> but uh, 
fast forward to 2019, our friend Mike Whitaker from Nationwide came to do like a whole team training session. Yeah. And he started a movement at that session. It was hashtag bring back the bunny suit. <laughs> and he even got like a cardboard cutout of the pink nightmare, you know? So lo and behold, somehow I got talked into putting that costume back on again. Yes. Um, it's a good photo shoot, but I kind of got back at Greg because I made him wear it for a commercial. So nice. There you go. Oh, that is so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Junior high kids. I have one right now. My son is in middle school. So I know they're that, brutal, uh, man. <laughs> brutal. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm getting made fun of by middle schoolers. Oh man. Yeah, I had a guy um that worked years ago when I was at Sleep Train. Uh, he actually did the similar thing to your brother, which is like, yeah, cut out a twin size mattress and he would get into it on like Memorial Day or Labor Day and like be yeah. out there. And I remember the last time he ever did it was because someone threw a brew at him. And he was like, <laughs> it's a wrap. I'm done. Like, I, I this is not like, I'm not making enough money here to be, have burritos chucked at me. So I'm out. Yeah. We actually started this whole sleeping bandit advertising campaign where we would put the bed out by the side of the road and then it started with my husband he would just like lay there and sleep for a couple hours the first time he did it he went out there like five o'clock in the morning to catch all the people who were like leaving for work you know but then we started hiring people to do it and it was actually our hardest job to keep which is funny because moms would come in and be like, oh, my son really wants that job where you sleep out on the side of the road. Yeah, he's a teenager. It's perfect. So we'd hire him. And then I think they just like laid there and thought like, what am I doing with my life? This is so boring. And yeah. they'd only do it like a time or two and then <clears throat> on to the next. I love it. So that's so literally <clears throat> the whole ad campaign was just have someone sleeping on a bed. So people look at it and go like, what is happening? And look over. <clears throat> yeah, we had a big sign that said another satisfied customer. Oh, that is brilliant. I love yeah, it. It was great. It. Back in the guerrilla marketing days, those were yes. fun. No, absolutely. I, I, I worked for a company when I was in college called Jedediah. It was like a surf skate fashion um, holding brand. And same thing. We were small, upstart. We had a ton of people involved, but only a couple of people being paid, you know? And so we wanted to make ourselves seem that we were huge, you know? Yeah. And even though we just didn't have any money and one of the guys that was interning for us had a connection with this like traveling, I don't even know what it was. It was like a traveling circus kind of thing and all these animals. And we were at, so there's in, in the fashion world, there's like two big trade shows every year and one's in San Diego or, or twice a year. It's called ASR. And so it's where all the brands come and you've got booths and the whole nine yards. And so we hired this, literally this marching band with all these animals. And they wore this shirt that said, you know, uh, march to you, the beat of your own drum, Jedediah. And it had all these cool drums and stuff. And this marching band and all these animals just come parading through like the front entrances. And it was like the biggest scene you've ever seen. And the whole, we got so much traction, so much buzz. And literally we didn't pay anything for it. You know, everyone has volunteered and everyone thought we were this huge company with this big ad budget. And it was like, no, we just like had a connection. And you know, that's how you do it. Isn't that and, awesome? Oh, so I love fun. that story. Oh, it was great. So, so tell us, you know, that's love that memory. Great stuff. It sounds like that's a big part of what makes up, you know, sweet dreams is just, you know, having fun and enjoying the job. Um, but, but in, in a, in a career and a, in a company that you founded, that's been around 19 years, you had to have had some struggles and some difficult times. Right. Um, yeah. And I, I just love hearing stories around 
those types of times, you know, like, so could you tell us, you know, one or two times when, you know, you were, you know, you had something that was really difficult to get through and kind of how you did it? Yeah, you know, starting a business from scratch um, 19 years ago has definitely brought up its fair share of challenging times. <laughs> but there's definitely one that sticks out to me the most, and it's really the foundation of who we are today still. You know, like you mentioned in the intro, Greg and I were very young and pretty inexperienced when we opened Sweet Dreams. Um, we were just kids really fresh out of college, 23 and 24 years old. Greg ran a mattress store when we were going to school. It was kind of this Joe job that got passed down in his fraternity. And he was the first person to take it seriously. Like he loved what he was doing. He loved serving people. He's just one of those entrepreneurs at heart and knew he wanted to open up his own business one day. So, you know, being the influential guy he is, he talked to his parents and I about, you know, starting Sweet Dreams together. We had been dating for a very long time at this point. And we all thought it would be a great family career path for us. So in the fall of 2002, we got married in September, moved from Florida to North Carolina in October and opened the business in November. So all of those things at once now sounds like the worst possible recipe for disaster. Like I would never yeah. want to do all that at once, but we were young and, you know, had so much fun doing it. We're looking forward to starting our life together. And we kind of lacked in, you know, wisdom and business knowledge. We made it for in our energy and passion. So we opened in 2002 in November. And for some reason, we thought that, you know, we'd hang our sweet dream sign on the door, on the building, click the open sign on the door, open up, and people were just going to come in and buy stuff, right? That was totally not the case. What? Are you serious? Yeah. Just, just walk in? Me. What? I remember we went to High Point Furniture Market in October, right before we opened. And we went into the Light and Platt booth and the rep there was like, oh, what do you forecast for your first month in business? And we confidently said, oh, about 60,000. And he literally laughed in our faces. And I remember we were so offended and taken aback. Like failure had not even crossed our mind at all yet that yeah. that could happen, right? Like, so what was our first month in business? What did we do? $11,000. <laughs> Then our second month, $9,000. Like, heck, this is going down. This is not good. But we really just kind of like worked hard, put in our all. We got really involved in our community from day one. And thank God we did. And, you know, it started to get better. Every month got a little bit better. Then in March 2003, not even six months after we opened, the war in Iraq started. Mm -hmm. And it was like, crickets at the store. I mean, nobody coming in, no traffic, and we were starting to sweat it. I mean, we genuinely were not sure if Sweet Dreams was going to be open in April. Mm -hmm. Like, there's just nobody coming in. <clears throat> Luckily, Greg's mom is a very faith-filled woman, and she started to pray for us in our family business. She would come in in the morning and go to her back office and hit her knees. And we started praying along with her. Uh, this one particular day that was just like, today could be the day that we're going down. She said, oh, you know, Greg's oldest brother, he's a pastor of a church in Louisiana. 
his church just started praying for us. And then that same day, this unsuspecting couple came in. It was one of those like, don't judge a book by its cover type customers that walked in the door. And they drove over an hour away to our store because they were referred in by like a local chiropractor that they saw and ended up not only buying a mattress from us, but also a whole bedroom set, which we had just added to our product mix, spent over $8,000 with us. And up until that moment, probably our biggest sale was like around two, maybe. Yeah. And I don't know if it's, she was wearing a sweater or we just didn't notice it until she came to the desk to fill out the paperwork get her receipt together. And we noticed that she's wearing this t-shirt and in huge letters across the t-shirt, it says, Jesus is Lord. And if that's not an answer to prayer, <laughs> I don't know what is. And then the next day got busy. And then the day after that continued to be busy and God has been faithful in our business ever since. Nice. So we've realized that it's really up to us to work as if it depends on us and pray as if it depends on God and he's going to come through every time. So together we've kind of grown our original dream team of four, one location to now our dream team of over 40 people and four locations and a distribution center. So I'm just really thankful for all the tough times that we have gotten through because there have been a lot yeah. um, because growing this business has been one of the biggest blessings to my marriage and my life. And it's really because of all the relationships we've built. Mm -hmm. You know, our vision is to help as many people as possible achieve our dreams, achieve their dreams. And Sweet Dreams has been the vehicle to really help us do just that. Yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, when you think back through those times, um, you know, is there a story that comes to mind where, you know, all of a sudden you're just, you know, you maybe stopped and paused after, or that night you're reflecting or something when you were like, oh my gosh, like, you know, obviously that one story with the lady with the eight grand and all that, but like as a business, you know, where you sat back and thought like, man, we're, we're actually like having some success here. Like this is actually going pretty well. Yeah. Um, definitely been those moments too, which I, I think it's so important to reflect back on both of those times because it's through the hard times and the good times that, you know, you're in serious growth mode, right? And so just to be open to that growth um, and to be open to what you can learn from each one. But I, I think that the, the moment that honestly sticks out to me the most is when our business shifted into success is when we joined the nationwide marketing group in 2014. Um, and that's when the dream team that we have today really was born because nationwide helped us, Greg and I grow as leaders and helped us grow as leaders to inspire and include our people in the threads of our business. So it's really easy as business owners to just get caught up in the day-to-day -day mundane business. There's always, always, always so much to do and to focus more on our vendors and our customers. But what Nationwide really helped us learn is that our biggest assets are our people 
you know, the team of people who have been there with us every step of the way, and they deserve our attention first. So, <clears throat> like I said, this business is really, our vision is to help as many people as possible achieve their dreams. And that really starts with our own people on the dream team. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it definitely, you know, as a leader, you know, or as an entrepreneur, I'm sure it feels amazing to see, you know, your team grow, you know, people take on new roles, um, you know, people develop in their skills. Cause I know that's, that's always been, you know, what's probably been, you know, the things that I've remembered over, over my course of my career is, is, is less and less about my personal successes and usually more and more about the people who worked for me or with me when they had success. It was like that, you know, it was more rewarding, you know? Yeah. Like their success is our success. And that's been the past, like five or six years have been more fulfilling than anything before that, because it's just been so fun to see our team develop and grow. And I think a few keys to that paradigm shift really was um, the main thing is that we we defined our core values. You know, that's something that like we never announced before. And now that's something we go over and over and over with our team. And without defining those core values, you know, and really honing in on them, like a lot of negativity can creep in because people just make up their own values. So now those core values are the, are the foundation of everything we do at Sweet Dreams. Every decision we make, every person we help, those values are at the forefront and we're always going over them with our team. Everybody's expected to know them, commit them to memory and to live them out every day. You know, they're part of our interviewing process. They're part of our onboarding process. So everybody from day one is aligned with our core values. And how did you, how did you go about even making those up? How did you create them? Um, really, like we, we sat down together, a few of us, and, and created them. Um, and it was just really an introspective interview of who we are, what we find important in ourselves, our lives, and in this business. And it's all about intertwining our personal passions with our business. So our core values is it's an acronym called DREAMS. Nice. Love it. Yeah, I've been through, I think, three different versions of those in my career. You know, once when I was with Sleep Train a long time ago, and we purchased Sleep Country up in the Pacific Northwest, and we brought the companies together, and we did a whole you know, like three day in a hotel, building out our visions and values and purpose. And, and it was interesting. And then years later, when Mattress Firm bought Sleep Train, I did it again, you know, those two executives oh. together. And it was like this, we went to this place in where we were in like two outside of Tucson up in the mountains at some resort and, and ropes course and like all this kind of, you know, team building type stuff. And we built it out and they had this facilitator from Australia who was, it was actually amazing. And he, he had this artist with him and every day as we were doing stuff, it was five days. This artist was recording the entire process through like those cartoon sketches. Oh. You know how they draw, you know, those people that like, as you're like talking caricatures, like characters. So she was doing that and it wrapped the entire wall of this facility by the end. And so you could see the story of like how the whole thing was built. And then at the end it had our, you know, the vision, the values or whatever. Um, now that's super fancy. That was super fancy. Did it translate into actually happening? I, I would probably say no, uh, but 
but the relationships built there were really good you know whereas like the sleep train ones i do they were great you know and they did um definitely uh you know it was something woven into this into the kind of fabric you know but i'd yeah. say even more than that was um when i was with sleep train and they became an esop and i had to talk about with uh, dale carlson in episode one of my podcast about it that really defined the company and like what everyone did it was like a, it became this like legit family team atmosphere because everybody mm -hmm. wanted the company to succeed you know and when you have really good values and everyone buys in you know it's much easier to get things done you know because you you know it's not, it's less of like me tell you all these things and more about like hey you tell me what's going on in the business how do we grow it how do we become successful you know yeah so let me shift gears a little bit. Um, and obviously, like I mentioned in the, in the intro, you know, like I, I really wanted to focus and highlight, you know, different executives in the sleep and in the furniture space that were female. Um, and, and I want to ask you just kind of off the cuff, you know, what do you think? Why do you think there are so few female executives in our space? Um, I think perhaps because it's, it's going to take Um, <sighs> let me think about this for a second, how I want to phrase this. I think it's been so male driven for so long mm -hmm. that it's just going to take recruiting and attracting more females to our industry to continue to recruit and attract more females to our industry. I think a lot of, a lot of times it's just the law of attraction where people attract liked, like-minded or like people. And so since it's been men for so long, I think it's just kind of continued along that path. But um, I do think that our industry has some of the most amazing people in it. It's honestly been one of my favorite things about what I do are all the people that I've met along the way, all the relationships that I've forged. Um, some of the people in our industry have become some of my very best friends. And I think the more women we can get engaged in our industry as a whole, the more women that we're gonna continue to attract. You know, even looking at our own business, for a long time, um, I was one of the only women in our business. We had a few girls who, you know, were in our admin team or something, but, there weren't a lot of us. And if you look at our business today, it's probably about, besides our delivery team, which is, you know, obviously probably going to be more male, it's probably about 50-50. And I think it's because we, as we grew, we brought on more females and it's attracting more females. And also bringing that community together. I think females really like being part of a community. And mm -hmm. so trying to make that feel for them at work um, just builds on their career experience. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's funny because I, I, if you think about it, it makes no sense because, you know, I've always been taught since day one, you know, literally for, for the last business industry for seven, 16, 17 years. And I've always been kind of been taught that the data has shown when you look at the marketing data, that if you have a, a household and you have a couple who are making a mattress purchase purchase, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the marketing data showed that it skewed so heavy that typically the, the female was going to make the buying decision, like mo yeah. the majority of the time. And yet 
here you have an industry that you, so you have the majority of the decision maker is, is female. And yet 90% of the industry was male, you know, trying to like, you know, tell them all oh, you need to do this or you need to do that or whatever. When you're sitting there going like, wait a minute, like, why wouldn't you have more females involved, you know, especially in more important positions, you know, like, you know, obviously executive type roles where they have a lot of influence because this is such a, 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 a woman dominated purchasing decision. Right. So it's just, it's funny how, it, felt that like, how did it even way. start? I don't know. It's always blown my mind how we are really the decision driver of the purchase of our whole entire category. Yet there are not many of us who are part of the process of creating what we sell to the customers. Yeah. It blows my mind. No. Like down to, I remember when we first started, um, when we first became partner with Sutherland betting, one of the key selling points to becoming their partner was that they had females come in and select the fabrics that they put on their beds. I'm like, thank you. Because, you know, sometimes you, we get some products and I'm like, man, who came up with this name? Like, yeah. why they put and this fabric on there? That's horrible. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't translate well to the female consumer at retail all the time. No, for sure. And I think, I think the, the, the step further from that is like, Hey, how about you, instead of bringing females in to pick the fabric, why don't you just hire a marketing VP who is a female, you know what I mean? Yeah. Who's experienced in this role, but like, to your point, people have to apply, you know, and we need, yeah. you know, we need to, to widen that net. So, you know, I, I think back to, um, you know, in your life and in your career, there's always these aha moments, you know, where something happens and you're just like, oh, wow, you know, like I, wow, I just learned a lot or like, I didn't see things that way, you know, and I know um, for me in my entire career, a moment that I'll always remember was um, I was coming from sleep train to mattress firm and mm -hmm. mattress firm had just acquired us and um, it was just kind of going public. And so I had a trip out to from San Diego where I was living out to Houston out to Galveston actually um, where the entire L&D team and training team from mattress firm was getting together to do an offsite meeting so they did a, a meeting every year in December I think November yeah December and they'd all rent these these beach homes in Galveston and they'd all you know they'd meet for three days and they would do you know giveaway you know or what are they white elephant presents and this whole nine yards and they'd plan out their year and so my boss is this guy, Matt Anderson at the time, who's like one of my best friends and him and I were supposed to go out. So we were going to be the first people that they met from sleep train. The news had just came out that, that we were, you know, merging or they were acquiring us, whatever. And so this was going to be, and I ran all of sales and training at the time. And so their team had someone who did what I did. Right. So it was already a little weird because it was like, hey, how's this going to all work out? But I was right. just going there to like, Hey, I want to be a part of it. I want to see what you're about. I want to, I want to be a part of this business planning. And so I'll never forget that morning. I'm getting on the plane and I get a text message from my boss, Matt. And he's like, and I can't remember what it was, but something came up and he's like, dude, I can't go. You just got to go by yourself. And I was like, no, oh. you know, I don't want to go by myself. I didn't know. Oh, so to the wolves. Yeah. So I get off the plane. I take the, you know, an Uber or whatever over to, I don't even know if there's Uber then. I can't remember, a taxi or something over to their corporate office. And I'm just waiting out front and you need a key card to get in. And I don't have a key card. So I'm just standing out there for like 30 minutes. No one's coming or going. I'm, and it's Houston. You know, and I don't, it's, it's actually really cold it's in the winter and I'm just standing out there. And so finally some, someone comes down and is like, Hey, do you know, what do you need or whatever? I'm like, Oh, I'm so-and-so. And they're like, Oh, okay. I'm just waiting here. So I'm waiting in this lobby. And then all of a sudden all these people start coming out and getting in cars. No one's really introduced themselves. Finally, some guys like introduce himself. Oh yeah. Well, you can just hop in with me, you know? So they, I hop in 
and they, they, you know, we start driving from Houston to Galveston and they, and they pull over a target and I'm like, what are you getting? You know, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, well, we have this white elephant gift exchange. It's like the first thing we do tonight is we do this big thing. Did you bring any presents? I'm like, no, I didn't bring any presents. I don't, I don't know anything about anything. I don't know what's going on. So, so I go in there and I'm like, well, I better get something. I don't want to be the only one of 40 people that don't do it. And I don't know about you, but like where I'm from, you know, white elf, white elf and gift exchange is like, I go as funny as I can, you know, like outlandish. Cause that's, that's my thing. Role. Yeah. I'll have so, to tell you one of my best in a minute. Yeah. Yes. So I, I, I'm like, all right, well, I'm just, I don't know these people, but I'm going for it. So I buy a pack of adult diapers, like the pens. I buy this yeah. like, um, a rash cream for your butt. And then <laughs> I bought a, 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 a boy meets world DVD season three or something like just the most <laughs> random two things. And I, and I wrapped it and I'm like, okay, I go up, you know? So that night, you know, it's like, everyone's lined up around this thing. I'm meeting everyone. Of course, the people are amazing. The, the learning development team at Matt Firm is awesome. And, um, and everyone's super welcoming actually. And like, I'm having a blast and it's, it's, you know, they start to do the thing. And all I'm thinking to myself is like, no one pick mine first. Cause I don't know if people are serious about it or funny if they're doing cool gifts. So sure enough, this guy, this big old guy walks up and he's looking around the tree and he looks around back and he grabs mine. And I'm like, Oh, and so he comes back and sits down and I'm just like, Oh God, I don't, I'm going to, I'm, if it's really bad and no one reacts, I'm just going to say, I'm not going to claim it. You know, yeah. <laughs> so he opens a package and he's just looking at it like dead serious. And all of a sudden he just starts dying and he pulls out the diapers and like, and everyone's laughing. And all of a sudden he opens the package and just pulls it and pulls one on over his pants. And oh like, my God. And everyone <laughs> rolling like, whose gift was that? And I was like, Oh, it was mine. And everyone's like, yeah, that's the best. So it actually ended up being like super funny. Uh, oh dude, you got street credit from day one. Oh, from day one. And so yeah. anyways, that wasn't the, the learning. The learning was later that, that the next day we did this, um, this planning event, right. Or for the next year, all the training events and all this stuff that we had to put into play. And I had, I got, they randomly broke up the team, just drew, drew numbers. And so I happened to get into a group with four different women and, and myself. And at the time coming from sleep train, my team was predominantly always male. You know, I think, you know, yeah. like a lot of my directors and my, my regionals, it just, like you said, that's just kind of how it was. Um, and I remember going through this exercise and three or four different times in doing it, the girls I was working with, and they, most of them still work there too. They're, they're such an awesome team. They were bringing up things and saying things from an angle that I just honestly had never thought of. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't have thought of. And, and the product that we produced and the plan and the presentation was so much better than what I know I would have done honestly with my current team at the time, because there was just things that we wouldn't have thought of, you know, and an angle yeah. we wouldn't have seen. And I just was like, my mind that night, I remember being like, oh my God, like I've really been not, I don't want to say I've been blowing it, but it was like, you know, by I'm missing out, you know, I'm missing a huge element of what my leadership team could be. And I ended up taking over the majority of that team. I think I had at one point, you know, 15 or 17 different directors all over the country. And it was such a balanced team. And I've been blessed for, for that to be kind of like that the rest of my career. But it just showed that, you know, when, when you don't have that balance, man, you really miss out. I agree. I am such a big fan of the balance because I feel like there's a lot of great things that both male and females bring to the table. And I'm, I'm very aware of some of the fundamental differences that we, that we bring. So I, 
I love having a balance on our team. I think that we've had this, we have the strongest team that we've ever had because of that, because we do bring a few different things to the table, but we all really respect each other and work together. Um, and, you know, just making great career enhancing experiences for everybody on our team um, is just really what it's all about. But especially I think women kind of, sometimes our biggest barrier is ourselves, you know, the whole imposter syndrome thing. I listen to a lot of podcasts, especially in kind of the, the self-development space. And something that I hear over and over again is just kind of the lack of confidence that a lot of women, you know, bring to the table. Like they just, they have a lack of self-belief. They don't think they're worthy to do something. So I think that's important for us to really hone in on our strengths, bring them every day, lean on them and, you know, step out of our comfort zone to bring the value that we have to the table. Yeah, hundred percent. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, tell me, let's say, you know, you've heard of an elevator pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you got 60 seconds or whatever from floor hundred down or up, you know, someone asked you a question, you know, so what would you say, what would be your elevator pitch for, Let's say there's, you know, just some amazing women out there that somehow this podcast comes across and they've, maybe they've never thought about joining the mattress and furniture industry. You know what I mean? It's never really appealed to them as a career. And actually disclaimer, like it doesn't appeal to a career to pretty much anybody initially, right? Like you <laughs> don't go to school as a kid, like I want to wake up and sell mattresses or furniture. It's just not that type of career. But as you yes. mentioned, it's such a fun space and it's such a family kind of oriented, like everyone knows each other and it's really cool. Um, but as you said, if, if, if we're going to attract more female executives into the space, like, so what's the pitch, you know, like, what would you say to somebody who's, you know, maybe on the outside looking in? I think the pitch is not about what we do or what we sell. It's about who we are. So like I said before, the relationships that I have formed, not only within our industry, but also with the people in our community have been more than I ever could have dreamed of my whole life. I'm a total people person. I love meeting people. I love getting to know people. I love relationships. So the vehicle that this industry has created for me to form some really deep relationships and make a true difference in people's lives because of the products that we carry, that's what I think would attract women to our industry, knowing that the products that we do carry make a true difference in people's lives, mm -hmm. but so do the people that we all work with. Yes. I love it. Yeah. So, um, I can't let you go without telling me this. So you said you had a story around a white elephant. Oh yeah. I gotta hear it. Well, I have a couple. My two favorite white elephant gifts that I've done was uh, one, I, I worked in an office in college and uh, we had a white elephant gift exchange and I was by far the youngest pe person in the office. It was all older people, but there was this, this chicken place in Tallahassee called Guthrie's that was like famous. All they had was like chicken fingers and French fries mm -hmm. and this sauce called Guthrie sauce and you get it and it's called a gut box. You know, so the gut box was famous in Tallahassee. So what I did was I went and got a gut box and then took several bites out of the pieces of chicken and then put it under the tree. So 
so when they opened it up, they were like, oh, excited. It's like, oh, it's a gum box, but it's actually half eaten. So who wants to eat that? That's disgusting. And you're like, and then my second one was my family white elephant, which my family are all really funny. We cut up together and we had done the white elephant for like several years. This is one of the last years we did it. And um, my grandfather had passed away probably about eight years prior to this. And so I thought it would be kind of funny to, you know, weave him into the white elephant as a little shout out to Grandpa Schlesser. And I got together a mason jar and filled it with like water and avocado pits and some bacon bits and some just like little yucky things in inside. And then put a label on it. Grandpa Schlesser's Kidney Stones, 1994, you know? <laughs> oh my God. It was great. It, yes. it, it, big laughs in the family. Yes, I yeah. love it. Yeah, I had, um, as you say that, I'm reminded of one that was really funny. When I was in college, um, I was dating this girl and, and her family was really funny. And you know, so I was meeting some of her extended family for the first time, but I had known her dad and mom well, because I she lived in Orange County. We went to San Diego State, so it's about hour and a half away so we would go up there sometimes and stay and so um they invited me to their like family and christmas thing you know and it was a white elephant and yeah. same thing as before i was like on the edge like do it they're funny they're super funny i should do something funny yeah. so <laughs> i was at i stopped at ross on my way to the house and i went and i was looking around for just something stupid and i looked over and there was like the you know one of the like the clearance rack and i see this pair of like ladies underwear that are I don't know what size, size 40 or 50, whatever, like the biggest sizes So this huge, yeah. huge pair. And I'm like, this will be funny. You know, like I'll just buy it and, you know, someone will open it up and it'll be like this huge thing. Yeah. So I wrap it in this little box. And then sure enough, we're having the party or whatever. And her grandma comes. I didn't know she was coming. And, and I had never met her and I meet her for the first time or whatever. And so sure enough, just like the other story, she's the, everyone's like, oh, grandma gets to go first. You know, don't get the box. Don't pick the box. She grabs the little box. And I'm like, oh my God, opens it up and just pulls these things out. They're like this big. And she's like, oh, you're so nice. Like, I'm, I'm going to like these. And everyone just starts dying. I was like so embarrassed. I was like turned super red. And I remember my girlfriend just staring, like shaking her head at me. And I was like, oh my God. So anyway. That's funny. Yeah. So um, thank you so much for coming on, Katie. You know, I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, the thing that I'll remember the most from talking to you, um, I really like what you said about, you know, talent will attract more talent, you know? And so if we're trying to get more, you know, awesome females into this industry, like you said, I think we just need to broadcast successful females now, you know, like guys, it's a great industry. Yeah. Like, like there's like, we need more. Um, and I know for me personally, I think I sent this in a message to you when we started, but you know, my entire leadership team is all female with the exception of one guy. Um, yeah. And none of them have ever been in the industry before. So to your point, right? Like here's all these new people an influx of new people that now love this industry and are getting in. They're starting to listen to podcasts and they're, they're connecting with people on LinkedIn. And, but they're the ones kind of like where the light bulb is going off going like, wow, there's just not a huge presence. Yeah. And, and I've told them, Hey, it's not, you know, and that's something that, you know, I want, they, they're the future, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so it's like the more light they shine, the more we can bring in and really like start to balance this industry out, which it, it really needs, you know? So agreed. And I definitely see that happening too. I, I have noticed a big shift in our industry over, I would say the past five to seven years where yeah. I am seeing more women, I'm seeing more young people 
our own team, um, gosh, Greg and I are actually the oldest people on our sales team right now. Like we have a really young sales team and they are so impressive. They are more impressive than I was at that age for, for sure. But they are attracting other young people because they're excited about where they work. They're excited about the team they're on. They're excited about all the people that they get to help. And so they're attracting their friends and more young people. And also young people like shopping with young people. So not only are we attracting younger people to join our team, we're attracting younger people to also be our customers. So that's been, that's been another fun paradigm shift, not only with the female, but just for younger generations. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, Katie. Well, I know you are busy, got a lot to do running these stores. So I just thank you so much for your time. And I can't wait for people to hear you tell your stories. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Awesome. Thanks, Katie. All right. Have a great day. Bye. Later.